Oh, hi, podcast listeners. There's many ways you can listen to The Real Nerds Podcast. You can subscribe on iTunes. You can also subscribe on Stitcher Radio. You want to send us a Twitter message? You can do that. It's so easy, at Real Nerds. Like us on Facebook, Real Nerds Podcast. You can visit our website, realnerdspodcast.com, where there will be a lot of articles for you to not only read, but to listen to our previous shows. Do you like your stories told through pictures? Then you can also follow us at Real Nerds on Instagram. You can also call us, 720-6Nerds5. Thanks for listening, and enjoy the show. Camera, action! Well, a real nerd knows who shot, and a real nerd can follow the plot, and a real nerd can... Just talk film! I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Take it outside. Welcome to the best movie podcast on the internet, Real Nerds Podcast. I am Ryan, and every week on Real Nerds Podcast, we see a new movie and we podcast our experience to the world. This week, we saw David Fincher's The Killer. Stay tuned if... And we'll recommend the film or not, play the trailer, talk about it with spoilers. We'll also talk about the big movie news and stuff we've been watching throughout the week. I am joined, as always, by my good friend, Brad. As always. Always. We're just like the best of all time. Yeah, I mean, the only way to be the best podcast on the internet is to be the best of all time. I know, it's just, it's just really crazy about how awesome we are. Like, there's not a, you know? a scale that can measure like it doesn't exist that measures how awesome we are it's it's it, it exceeds every, every existing scale of awesomeness i it's it's not quantifiable to see yeah i mean that's just how it is yep yep <laughs> that <is. laughs> and that was an awesome awesome pause <laughs> that was i was trying to think of something cool to say and then I realized I'm actually not cool at all. So yeah, I, I was waiting for it, and you you dropped the ball, an awesome ball. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like he's gonna come up with something. Oh, he's got nothing. nope, nope. He's a <laughs> he's the worst. How's your week been? No, uh, just work all the time, and uh, shocking. No breaks. My kid is so busy with stuff, and he's in chess club and in hockey and. So all I do is run around all the time, and my wife works overnights now, so I feel like I'm a single dad, and have, no one's here to help me. <laughs> so uh, your kid's in chess club? Yeah. How, how good is he? He's pretty good. Sweet. Next time I'm coming over, I'm going to just destroy him. Did <laughs> <laughs> like, they teach you this in chess club? <laughs> <laughs> hey, little buddy, I heard you play chess now. <laughs> Daddy, daddy, Brad is the meanest man ever. <laughs> I don't want to play anymore. <laughs> the following uh, day, hey, buddy, it's time to go to chess club. Never! He <laughs> doesn't suck the will to live out of him. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, he's going to be a little Bobby Fisher. I just, just destroyed his dreams. <laughs> so, right. yeah, this is a movie <laughs> podcast. Yep, <laughs> enough about my life. Uh, this week, we saw The Killer. Brad, do you recommend the killer 
Yeah, I don't know. I thought it was all right. Uh, I'm I, I'm disturbed that it's kind of like a handbook, a training handbook for serial killers. <laughs> um, so if you're aspiring to kill people, this is very meticulous uh, directions on how to do that. Um, but yeah, like uh, like it's a well-made movie, but the main character isn't a guy I want to get behind, so I don't care. Why? <laughs> yeah. That there's no redemptive arc for this guy, so it's just like, oh, he completes a mission and he's still a shitty guy at the end and gets everything he wants. Okay, maybe spoilers. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean it's well made, but I like I just didn't give a shit about the story. Um, I think I'm in the same boat. You know, I was never bored in the movie. Yeah, and it's it's well acted, and it, of course it's well shot because it's a Fincher film, but. Yeah, it, it it starts really weird. Do you think it started really weird? It was a little slow. The, like, well, like the credits are like, do, 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 do. Oh, yeah, that was odd. And then it's just him looking out a window. I go, wow, this is whiplash. And I don't know if the credits fit the film. Um, yeah, no, I, I, saw, I thought the same thing when I watched them. I was like, this seems a little like less artistic, I guess, for a feature <laughs> thing. That makes oh, sense. Oh, yeah, it did it. Uh, you know, remind me a lot. Did you see Tar? Yes. Like how it had the whole credits at the beginning. And I heard people were confused and they had to start putting a sign in front of it. At I remember at the Alamo, it says the credits at the beginning are supposed to be there. <laughs> so, yeah. Which is interesting because um, like old Hollywood movies started with the entire credits. But yeah. Yeah. But anyways, back to kill. Yeah. The film is Michael Fassbender plays a guy who is a hired assassin. And the first, I don't know, 20 minutes of it is him in this room um, scoping out and telling people how meticulously he is at killing people and not leaving anything to chance. And when he finally decides to kill this guy, he accidentally kills his escort instead that sets off this chain of events where now they're going to kill him because he messed up on um, on his, his assignment. mission. Yeah. yeah. But he's not at home and they attack his girlfriend or wife or whoever lives with him. And then that sets him off on um, a journey to find out who did it and kills them. (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) That's the plot of the killer. Yeah. Um, Trailer? (laughs) Oh, yeah. Trailer? Did we skip, skip that part? I think so. I didn't hear it. I don't think I heard it. Okay. I find music a useful distraction. A focused tool. Keeps the inner voice from wandering. is purely logistical. If I'm effective, it's because of one simple fact. I don't give a For what it's worth, I would never have involved your female friend. Forbid empathy 
prepared for you, excited. This is what it takes. If you want to succeed. So since I already told you the plot of it, um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like again, like Michael Fassbender is really good in it. Um, you know, there's some parts that look really cool. The part at night when he was in Florida, I thought was shot really cool. It was basically silhouettes. Um, but I don't know. <laughs> there's just, there's just not much meat on the bone in this film. Um, it's literally just him trying to find people to kill after they, you know, hurt his girlfriend. And it reminded me of John Wick, but not as fun as John Wick. Yeah, because the action is few and far between. Like, the, the meat of the movie is just this, this inner monologue he has describing his job and, like, how good he is at it. Which, is like I said mm-hmm. earlier, if you want to be an aspiring serial killer, they go into great detail on the best practices of being a serial killer. <laughs> well, not a serial killer, just an assassin, I guess, but well, I mean, you kill more than three people, you're technically a serial killer. So, so um, yeah. But also, too, did it? It didn't really feel like a Fincher film to me. Um, you know the the fight with that really big guy in um, Florida. I thought that was awesome. Like, it was a brutal fight. Yeah, it was cool, but it, I don't know. It just doesn't seem like a Fincher film to me. And I was thinking the whole time while I'm watching it because the fight is brutal. And you know how many times Fincher makes people do takes over and over again. Do you no. think they were like, fuck this guy? Because <laughs> I would be saying that if I was a freaking actor with him. I said, really, we need to do this 200 times? Well, it's Netflix, so maybe they had the money to like do stunt doubles and then just do digital face replace- replacements on all of them. <laughs> Probably did. Um, so, yeah, it's... Uh, I don't know. I, I, I think I, the, only, the only really fun part I had was whenever he uh, like bought a, a, a plane ticket He'd have he'd uh, use a fake name that was someone from like classic television. Yeah, like the Lou Grant one. I was like, ooh, and yeah, Felix Unger and stuff, and Sam Malone. Uh, yeah, from yeah. Cheers. Yeah, so that was fun. Yeah, I mean, there's like cool parts in it, but and it's hard because it's it's a well made movie, but it didn't move the needle for me. You know what I mean? Um, yeah, it was like, there wasn't anything specifically special about it. That I could tell people like, oh, you got to see this part. Like maybe yeah, the it, fight in Miami, but other than that, I'm like, I feel like it's a dangerous movie putting like that information out there. <laughs> and I don't know. And then uh, the Tilda Swinton part where they're in the bar, it, it just it didn't get me as much as uh, his social network with uh, Rooney Mara and Jesse Eisenberg when they're in the bar. You know? Yeah, I um, mean, there was some good tension because at that point, you think. Like maybe there's some like they're gonna show down in the restaurant, but mm-hmm. um, I, I think it's yeah you know, nice that they drag it out and like create that tension. But yeah, then it just you know they go outside and he shoots her. You're like oh, okay. and why didn't he kill the like the dude at the end? And that was like the like why does he get a pass? Like I don't get that. Yeah, like, he's literally probably the worst person. <laughs> he literally hired him to kill somebody, and then yeah. he said, "I don't know if." 
I, I don't understand why he let that guy live. Well, the the retaliation was an accident. Like he didn't ask for that. That was just the person he was contacting was like, "Hey, um, you know, we need insur- we need to do some insurance cleanup," and like you know, didn't say like, "Oh, we got to kill the we got to go kill the guy who messed up the like that." He didn't give them that information, so I guess Fastbender's like, "Oh, well, you didn't actually order the hit on me. You just, you know, like you, your, your lackey did." So maybe after the movie's over, he's going after that guy. But it's just weird that you know, several times, he, uh, part of the inner monologue is like, you know, don't have sympathy for anything, and he does. Like, and yeah. I don't know if if the and whole point of the movie is that. Yeah, don't leave loose ends. Yeah. But maybe if he kills that guy, it would bring like a hellstorm of other rich people that he had to, he would have to deal with. Or maybe people would care more because he's super rich and then they'd look for him. Yeah, and they'd probably notice, yeah. Yeah, not attention. <laughs> yeah. But so yeah, I guess yeah, some of the monologue does talk about like you know, I guess he also thinks he's part of the upper echelon of people because he's so good at what he does. So maybe he's like, oh, this guy's in my mm. my level of, I don't know, status, I guess. So yeah, don't mess I with those guys. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's you know. I guess that's what John Wick would do. I know, just push him out the window. It looks like he fell. But yeah, if there's like a character growth thing of like him changing from I gotta tie up all loose ends and have no sympathy to like all these killings he does on the way there changes that i i didn't feel it like it just felt like no. he screwed up again he still seems cold and calculated and how he has a girlfriend i don't know <laughs> oh he's super rich <laughs> yeah i guess <laughs> he lives in what island country i didn't catch uh, i guess oh well life will never live my friend i don't know if i'd want that life <laughs> I mean the island life. I'm not talking about murdering people. <laughs> no, I, that that too. Like I would, I would visit there, but I don't know if I'd want to live on a, you know, a hurricane target constantly. <laughs> Builds character. <laughs> you're getting like tsunamied, and your house is falling over. You're just like, this is building character. <laughs> I'm such a I'm stronger a- person because of this. I don't know. So just, I just made me think. So he didn't kill that. Close in and smacks you in the face. (laughs) He didn't kill that rich billionaire, but he killed some poor taxi driver. (laughs) Yeah. See, that's why fuck this guy. (laughs) Yeah. Some poor taxi driver got a hundred bucks. And that guy didn't know what he was doing. (laughs) Yeah. It's like, fuck this guy. (laughs) He's completely oblivious. So yeah, there was some character arc where he grew sympathy by the end, but I don't know. Why that would trigger him to grow sympathy? Because the guy at the top was the worst one. Because yeah. <laughs> if you think about it, I mean, the hired killers, they know their job and that's what they do. But the guy at the top has money and he's just trying to get rid of someone he doesn't like. That makes yeah. you a worse person, I think. Because if you're, you know, an assassin killing other assassins, I, I think that just comes with the territory. Yeah, he's just like, this other b- business dude is going to, like, cut into my profits. So, yeah. But yeah, everyone else is just like, yeah, I just do that job really well. <laughs> On to the next one. Yeah, I don't know. No, I mean, you can see it. It's on Netflix now, I think. So, um, yeah. 
That's another one when you see them in a theater. Like, I just don't get why movies aren't just in theaters, but you know, whatever. Yeah, the title credits I could totally see being on Netflix. It definitely felt like Attack on Afterthought, and everything else from the movie was probably like built theatrically. Mm -hmm. You're right. It should just open with him like doing yoga. Yeah. And then put those credits at the end of the movie. Actually, I'm a proponent of most movies don't even need opening credits. Oh, I, I agree. I mean, it's not like you don't know what you're seeing. Yeah, like save it all for the end. Yeah, but they uh, have to, they have to because it's like SAG rules. Like, yeah. some studio movies are required to put people's names and things at the front. Yeah, I know that you have to like ask for permission. I do know that because um, there is a Spielberg story. I forget what movie it was, but he didn't want to put his name on it until the end, and he had to ask for permission. Yeah, and I would have said, "I am the Directors Guild. Fuck you." <laughs> Yeah, and there's also like rules for the order of them too. Yep. Speaking of which, here's the big movies news of the week. It's real news. It's happened, Brad. After 118 days, the actor strike is over. Yeah, we're <laughs> yeah. back in business of having movie news on this podcast. Yeah. Um, you know, it was, I really didn't notice it for a while, but it did start getting weird as these big movies were starting to come out. You know, um, The Marvels, which is our film next week, you start seeing like a ramp up of, oh, there's Brie Larson or, you know, Samuel L. Jackson are now <laughs> on these talk shows, but they didn't show up <laughs> so. no too little too late yeah yeah and it's it's just it's fascinating and what they were fighting for is the ai thing and it was weird that the studios were pushing back because they wanted to use ai yeah um, i haven't got a chance i don't know if they've published the um results of like what what the settlement was but uh i think the biggest thing i hope they didn't capitulate on was yeah, the studios wanted to scan people and then use their images in perpetuity. Yeah. And I, I think they they stopped that. So, yeah, or at least kick the can for three years, I guess. Yeah. And that's the one thing that I, I'm like, I'm cool with. But, you know, the residual thing, I don't know. I'm always up. I'm a, I don't know. <laughs> it's hard for me because, you know, like you, who is a graphic designer, after you make your ad for the company or if they use your logo, it's not like you get paid every time someone clicks on the website. That's really the only profession I know of where you keep on making money off of something you made 30, 40 years ago. Yeah. Well, I mean, some graphic designers, yeah, they make a logo. They do get a residuals for that every time. Like that's what licensing is really. Um, but, um, yeah, for the actors, you know, for, for someone who's like in a starring position, sorry, yeah, like they get a huge paycheck up front. So residuals don't feel like they're necessary, but the lo- lower tier working class, uh, performers and everyone like, you know, they often take a lower rate, you know, something that's not going to cover, you know, they can yeah. be on a job for like two years that doesn't cover for two years, but they count on those residuals to lift them up over time. Yeah, and I, I mean, I get that. You know, the it might push back for the whole thing too. And I understand that you know, better wages is is fine. 
but they affected so many people <laughs> by doing it that is never talked about. You know, it's the grips, the costume designers, the carpenters, um, all these people that work on the film too that won't get paid because the actors aren't getting paid or they're on strike because they want, you know, bigger residual checks. And well, you know, the best boy, he doesn't get a residual check. And um, so that's, that's the only bummer I think from this whole strike business is we care about the people that are, you know, the George Clooney's and the Tom Cruise's, but what about Bob Jefferson, who is, you know, a craft service guy. Yeah. <laughs> who puts all the food out. You know what I mean? Um, there's a lot of trickle down effect that hurts a lot of people. For sure. Anyways, it's over. So movies for three years. I'm out of good. Stay tuned for episode 789. We're back at it. <laughs> We're back at it. We this watch time- things. Sorry. I was going to say, this time the studios aren't bowing to the AI thing. We're scanning people, <laughs> damn it. No more hiring new <laughs> actors. Just the same ones from 2023 20, <laughs> over and over again. <laughs> Saying the same lines. Yeah. This is stuff we've watched throughout the week. So, uh, yeah, this is the stuff we've been watching. Brad, what'd you watch this week? Uh, a lot, uh, since we were recording this later in the week than we usually do. Um, let's see. Um, I guess I'll just talk about the new stuff I saw in theaters, uh, starting with the holdovers, which I thought was really good. Uh, I heard it was. Yeah. With, uh, Paul Giamatti is a history professor at a Boston-ish college. What was, fuck, what was it called? I don't know. Outside of Boston College. <laughs> um and uh the students are almost to uh well the whole school is almost to like winter break um and it's a private school so like the parents who don't come pick up the kids have to stay there or whatever um or so yes one kid is uh mom wants to just hang out with her like new boyfriend uh, like so they can, or new husband like I think they're going on their honeymoon uh, and uh, it's been delayed and you don't know why like there's this rift in this family but anyway he's bummed he has to stay there so um, and then the dean uh, with Paul Giamatti is like hey um, you pissed off this other kid who donates to the school whose family donates this, a huge sum of money to the school so uh, I'm going to punish you for pissing him off so you have to stay here and watch the kids while I go home and then uh, yeah they just kind of hang out uh with like six other like six other kids i think and then one of those kids rich dad shows up and he takes most of them away on like their own private vacation but because the other kid i was talking about doesn't have permission he can't go so yeah it's like giamatti the kid and then the the uh gosh the school cook um who had a student enrolled there but because he was black he got shipped off to vietnam and died so she's dealing with that and then it's just like their little stories and tragedies and everything kind of unravels and you find out what's going on with everybody's um lives throughout the whole holiday season and uh people that hate each other eventually grow to like each other and uh yeah it was really good not not a bully away story but it's just a 
just a solid drama about people. So yeah, that was good. Um, I saw Tommy Wiseau's new movie, Big Shark. Is it an actual shark movie? Yep. Oh right. Well, what do you mean by actual shark? Like it's a shark attack movie where shark eats people. A digital shark eats people in New Orleans. Um, yeah, this is a. <laughs> it's hard to talk to you about because you have no frame of reference. It's like if you're going and looking for the room, it's not the room. Uh, but Tom Uizo is one of three firefighters <laughs> who uh, are revered by the town. And the best thing, I, the best way to describe this movie is that these three three firefighters are constantly drunk, and eventually a shark shows up, and uh, occasionally the city floods, and the shark swims through and eats people. Um, <laughs> and these firefighters are tasked with saving the city and destroying the shark, but they have no sense why, of urgency about destroying the shark. Why are they tasking firefighters for that? Good question. <laughs> but the mayor, <laughs> he's like, I got other things to do. It's it's on you guys to do it. <laughs> um, Yeah, so they, they constantly devise... <laughs> the mayor's like, you know what? Fuck it. They save people. Might as well let them save them from sharks. So. Yeah. They put out one house fire, so these are the guys to do it. Um. Yeah. So I, I'd say like eighty-seven percent or seventy percent of the movie is them talking about needing to destroy the shark while drunk, and the other thirty, maybe twenty percent, is them actually doing it. <laughs> um. Yeah. It's super low budget. The shark is clearly just CGI stamped onto. <laughs> um. The movie. Uh. Yeah. The flooding is actually not that bad CGI, but. Um. Yeah, and it almost feels like so. There's like the the friend character in uh the movie to Tommy. Almost feels like he's holding the hand of a child, trying to like like it almost feels like there's no script. Everyone's just improving, so he's just mm. he's just reacting to off how Tommy reacts in the movie. So he's just following his lead. So a lot of times he's just repeating the same stuff that Tommy just said. Because he's like not a great improver, <laughs> so there's a lot of repetition in the movie of dialogue, and they have like <laughs> two girlfriends that occasionally show up, and they just get go out and get drinks or go shopping. Um, well, I mean that's pretty accurate because <laughs> women be shopping. <laughs> women be shopping, dude. Yeah, there's one uh, really funny part where uh, like they just come home after a night of uh, drinking and. Just apropos of nothing, she's on the balcony just yelling, like, get out of here, Tommy. Oh, I forget what his actual character name is, but like, get out of here, Tommy. I'm done. We're done. He's like, baby, I'm sorry. And then that scene just goes on and on. And she's just like throwing clothes onto the street. And at the end, uh, when the scene ends, they just, like start moving the clothes off the sidewalk just in case, because it feels like a gorilla shoot. So they want to like block <laughs> the sidewalk. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's insane. It's not as much fun as the room, but there is some charm to like the finale when they're actually in the boat in the bayou and like sometimes it's dark, but then other times they have like a huge spotlight on the entire scene <laughs> to, light, to light up the water. Yeah. Well, good. <laughs> yeah. And then I uh, I watched Priscilla. Hmm. 
which I wrote an awesome review for and no one appreciated not enough people appreciated but yeah it's a I think it's a good movie of uh so it's it's the story of Priscilla Presley living with uh Elvis um basically when they she meets him as a kid and then throughout most of his career and it really just you know it focuses on Priscilla and it's a really good movie that makes you feel the way she feels being trapped in this um uh, in his life uh cuz yeah, I don't know the validity of it, but like Elvis was really controlling of her according to this movie. So, you know, told her how she had to look and <laughs> when she could go I, out. I just, I just read your review. <laughs> <laughs> yep. All right. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it makes me want to see the movie now. <laughs> yeah, it didn't happen, but yeah. <laughs> no. I thought it should. Because <laughs> there's like a lot of scenes of them just laying in bed talking. So, but yeah, right if you if you want to like feel claustrophobic and uh, oppressed, that's that's a movie to watch. Um, and then yeah, I guess the last last cool new thing I saw, um, not really new. I got to see Spider Man across the across the Spider Verse with a uh, uh, Phil Lord and Chris Miller doing a Q and A at the end. Awesome at the Denver Film Festival, and. Uh, yeah, like uh, it was at the AMC nine plus ten or something. It's like the Ooh, new theater in Cherry Creek that they built like two mm. years ago. I still haven't, I still haven't gotten out to, and it's gorgeous. Um, like not in a Westminster Alamo way, but in just like a a newness way. Like it's really yeah. like white and clean. Um, but a pain in the ass to park around. Um. But yeah, the, the Q and A was, didn't offer any new insight into anything that I didn't already know. Um, like no one really asked any, uh, new questions. I really wanted to ask them about Jump Street stuff, but I was like, don't, don't do it. Don't do it. Should have. <laughs> no one's here for that. Appreciated it. Yeah. I did regret, uh, I guess a lot of people just like lingered around after the Q and A and just kind of hung out. So then I could have done it, but I felt like I had to go. So I was like, damn it. I should have stuck around. They were taking pictures Ooh. with him and everything. Um, but yeah, it was cool to have him there and kind of talk about some stuff and just like, you know, how, how they had thousands of people working on it. And um, afterwards, I wish I did ask him, like, you know, what's going on with this, the second part? Cause yeah, I haven't heard much about it. I've heard things that it's not even started. Asked him that. Yeah. Like a couple days later, I was like, man, no one in the crowd asked him, like, where they're like timeline wise, what, where are we at on the, spectrum for beyond the spider-verse so yeah because it sucks because it ended on such a cliffhanger and then they delayed it because they don't know when it's going to be finished and like damn it yeah i did want to ask them like but i was worried it would come off as like a, like a little accusatory of how much did back to the future part two influence <laughs> uh <laughs> this movie because yeah miles goes back uh and finds out like yeah it goes back to his own time and finds out that uh his dad's dead and it's a that is like a world on fire from it. yeah <laughs> so yeah but i was like i thought they the audience would grow enough like ooh, you're, you're accusing them <laughs> of copying yeah get him out of here <laughs> so oh man i only watched one movie this week <laughs> <laughs> wow you're but... lagging behind buddy 
I know. Well, the problem is, is all these mo- games that I want to play have come out. <laughs> um, is this so a gaming podcast or a movie podcast, Ryan? Your assignment is movies, not games. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> but it's hard when Spider-Man 2 comes out, and that's basically a movie. Um, <laughs> have you ever played the Spider-Man games on PlayStation? I haven't. Oh, they're freaking incredible. Um, like, just the sense of web swinging. In the new one, you can use web wings, which is helpful when you're going across, like, uh, Manhattan into Queens. But I'd much rather web swing because, it, like, the sense of, like, swinging through the city is so incredible in the game. Um, yeah, I know the, the Batman games came out, and they're like, oh, Spider-Man needs to copy this. Yeah, I mean, it's pretty close. Um, except, you know, stories are better. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, I love the Batman Arkham series. I think it's incredible too. Um, but you know, it's, what's cool about this one is, um, I mean, I'm old school and I know everybody loves Miles now. He's the cool Spider-Man to like. Um, but I'm always a Peter Parker guy. And, um, this game though, you can switch between the two and, um, there'll be parts where whether you're Miles or Peter and you'll be fighting bad guys and they, it's just like in the Arkham series, you know, there's a, like a finishing move, I guess you'd call it or a knockout move. If you build up your combo meter enough and every once in a while you'll be fighting guys and, um, one of the Spider-Man will like punch them in the air and the other one swings by and grabs them and webs them and puts them against a wall. It's like really cool. Or you can like go through the city and you'll see the other Spider-Man uh, swinging through the city too if you're not playing as them. And um, but the story's cool. Um, at the end of the first Spider-Man game, there was this tease of um, Harry Osborn went away because he was dying of uh, some sort of disease that took his mom's life. And the the little tag at the end is he's inside this. Uh, experimental kind of like tube that's put together by Dr. Connors and his dad, Norman. And it, uh, and it's a, like a symbiote suit. So he's uh quote unquote venom. Um, so it's a, it's a new twist on it. So um, did all the Spider-Man nerds heads to... explode? No, as long as it tells a story cool and the relationship when Harry comes back with Harry and um, Pete is really good. There's not like a huge um, backlash online of like, you're destroying Harry Osborne, my favorite character. I haven't heard one yet. And I've, I don't think I've ever heard Harry Osborne, someone's favorite character. So I, I mean, I haven't got to the part where, I mean, the promos and, um, the exclusive statue I got with the game. Um, obviously Venom goes bad. Um, right now he's, uh, helping Pete in missions. Um, and I, I keep on trying to, you know, get, beat the game as fast as i can but i get distracted just like in the batman game because there's so many side quests where you know hey help this lady find her cat and i get like sucked into those and then i go for a long time and then i can't go any further they say you need to advance the story (laughs) so um yeah i've been doing that on tears of the kingdom just like yeah everything but the story i know so i have that the new super mario brothers wonder is amazing um one of the best Mario 2Ds ever. I'm not exaggerating. It is incredible. Um, Man, screw Nintendo for putting RPG out and Wonder like in almost the same oh, month. Like, dude, 
and, and then I still have, I'm still playing Mortal Kombat 1. Um, and I got the new Harvest Moon game. <laughs> All my favorite, uh, you know, franchises seem to be having games come out. If there was a Resident Evil game that came out, well, one came out earlier in the year, but if one came out right now, I'd be like, oh my God, <laughs> it's making my head explode. <laughs> Ryan, um, we so, need you to come in and do police work, please. Um, I am building a long bridge in Zelda. I'm busy. <laughs> um, <laughs> but what are you building just, a have... long bridge for? <laughs> just because. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, I so I come home and I was like, I could watch a movie or I'll play another like more Mortal Kombat or um. Stuff like that, but it's okay. I'm having fun. Um, but I did watch um, Shout Factory does um, their Shocktober sell for like a couple weeks in October, where it's all the not all the Scream Factory stuff, but a, a lot of it. And this is a time when I usually get the Scream Factory stuff that I was mildly interested in, but I didn't want to spend, you know, the thirty dollars on. Um, or in this case, there's the Universal Horror Collection of like really obscure horror films, <laughs> the sets are $70, but for Shocktober, they dropped down to $28. I'm like, yeah, that's not bad for four movies. Oh yeah. Um, and there's one, I, I got two sets and the one, one of the sets I got is the one I watched first. Uh, it's volume five and it's all these, um, like monkey movies, I guess, for lack of a better word. Um, so the one I watched was the girl and the monster. And it starts off as it's kind of like this uh, courtroom drama about a guy who's on trial for murder that he didn't commit, but he was caught, quote unquote, red handed with the murder weapon in his hand. So he's he's sentenced to be executed. And in typical 1940s horror movies is just before he's executed a doctor comes in and says he wants his brain because he wants to put it inside a gorilla to see <laughs> what will happen. So he puts the great, the brain in the gorilla and the gorilla goes around and just murders all the mobsters that framed him. <laughs> it's like, can you imagine the science community just being like, yeah, uh, I just want to do this thing just cause and they're like, <laughs> yeah, can't argue with that. <laughs> Let's find out. <laughs> Fuck um, around and find out. Yeah, fuck around and find out. So the movie is like cheesy, but it's fun because it's so cheesy, if that makes sense. It's definitely a B picture. And I knew it was a B picture as the opening shot is uh, a dolly shot where the camera is pushing in this courtroom and <laughs> the shadow of the crane, uh, the dolly operator and the cameraman and the camera is plain as day on <laughs> going through the door. And this is the opening shot of the film. Um, but yeah, so this gorilla just goes around and, um, and what I love about forties uh, horror is they never really show like super gory stuff. So this gorilla just goes into people's homes or the mobsters homes and hugs them so much that he breaks every bone in their body. <laughs> so it's literally him picking up guys and squeezing them. And the the guys who are being killed go, and then they just die. Um, so yeah, that, that's what I watched this week. I watched a gorilla man in a gorilla suit walk around and squeeze people really hard. 
breaking every bone in their body. But <laughs> the doctor who's examining the corpses too, he says, huh, there's not a bruise on their body, but every bone in their body is broken. And I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> um, so I have that one. Um, the next one is some like jungle woman stuff. So uh, hopefully I'll get those done this weekend and then I'll report back. Um, so yeah, that's what I watched this week. I played a lot of video games and, uh, watched a man in a monkey suit squeeze people to death. Pretty solid week. Yeah. I also forgot um, that, uh, in the theater, I also watched Freelance, which is something I thought was going to suck, but was actually kind of fun. It's, uh, John Cena as oh, a. Oh, okay. Yeah, I didn't even remember what it was called, what that was. And then I remember it was like one of the biggest bombs ever. So. <laughs> really? <laughs> Yeah, I think it only made like seven hundred thousand dollars or something. Well, yeah, I mean, I didn't, I, I never saw a trailer for it. Right on. Uh, next week, we are seeing the Marvels. Um, yeah, that'll be fun. And in uh, two weeks, we're doing Film Explosion twenty thirteen a redo for Brad and I. Um, yeah. I, I changed my list a little bit. Like I said, I. I on these redos, I go back and see really what movies have I watched the most from those years. And I kind of have changed the order of them after the fact. Um, but yeah, that'll be fun. Send us your yeah. list for 2013. Like I said, like I did my lists, like I did all of them a couple of years ago just to get a jump on everything. Mm-hmm. And even recently I'm going like, huh, even like three years ago, I'm kind of like, you know what? I haven't watched that that much. Why is it on here? Yeah. So, you got to kind of go back, back and rewatch them and reevaluate. Yeah. yeah. That's why it's fun. So, till next week, we will see you at the movies. Thanks for listening to Real Nerds Podcast, a Nebulous Visions production. Stream or download episodes, read articles at realnerdspodcast.com. Stream us on Apple or Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or iHeartRadio. Follow us on Facebook, Real Nerds Podcast. Twitter and Instagram, at Real Nerds. Watch us on YouTube, Real Nerds Podcast. Email us at realnerds at gmail.com. Call us at 720-6Nerds5. Thank you to Sparks Mandrill, Mike at Plan 9 Studios, and Bologna for all of our groovy theme songs. And that's how you fucking do it.